Kia ora. This program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Sunshine bright, girl and boy Yeah, I got tricks and candy sticks Peppermint kite for my thorn Yellow brick, black wool bag Keep on walking and don't look back yeah, I walked along happy and then came back I followed the yellow brick road Lost and found, I saw you down Altar bound, altar bound Taught the gift of love the other brick road took my load Sunshine girl, sunshine girl Come to my boat One, two, three, four, five mile long Oh, I can't ever go wrong Clouds are gray and yesterday Dove on my shoulder, there's time to play The other brick, black road back Keep on walking and don't look back Around the corner, the wind blew back Follow the yellow brick road It ended up at Black Bowl Black Bowl's taught the gift of love Smiling children painted joy Sunshine bright, girl and boy Bag of tricks and candy sticks Peppermint kite for my toy Yellow brick, Black Bowl Black Keep on walking and don't look back yeah, I follow the yellow brick road 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 Thanks for joining us for today's Quilter Bananas program on Access Radio 106.1 FM, your weekly coverage of news, politics, activities, interviews, and music for queer women and non-binary folk. On the show today are Sue and me, Fiona. Uh, we'd like to say thank you to the Rural Foundation, which has kindly come on board as our sponsor of Quilter Bananas. And the grant from the Peter Rural Fund has paid for much of our studio access studio time and allowed us to make our voices heard live via the airwaves and also via podcasts people can download later. If you'd like to know more about Quilter Bananas and listen to past podcasts, check out our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Quilter Bananas Radio. But we're very excited to have on this week's show the Portico Prize uh, winning novelist Sally Morgan. Welcome, Sally. Hi, great to be here. Um, for those who haven't read your wonderful book, Toto Among the Murderers, uh, here's the, publishing, <coughs> the publisher's dis- description. Uh, it's 1973 and Jude, known to her friends as Toto, has just graduated from art school and moves into a house in a rundown part of Leeds. Jude is a chaotic wild child who flirts with the wrong kind of people, drinks too much and gets stoned too often. Never happy to stay in one place for very long, her restlessness takes her on hitchhiking jaunts up and down the country. Her best friend Nell is the only steady influence Jude has, but Nell's life isn't perfect as it seems. 
Reports of attacks on women punctuate the news and Jude takes off again, suffocated by an affair she's been having with a married woman. But what she doesn't realise is that violence is moving ever close to home. There's a Janice across the road who lives in fear of being beaten up by a pimp and Nell whose perfect life is coming undone at her boyfriend's hands. And at the same time, infamous murderers Fred and Rosemary West are stalking the country on the lookout for girls like Jude. So... Sue, you had a really good kickoff question, didn't you? Yeah. Um, one of the things that I found quite fascinating is that um, that Fred and Rosemary West is a story that was, um, you know, it was, it was so high profile at the time it was going on, and that the there's both that story and your own experience with it that 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 you know kind of provides this little little nub. Um, but I don't know that I've ever read one before where that that kind of nub of experience then um, sort of extends into quite a you know a different story. Um, how did you use that uh, real snippet of your experience to build the story from that? Um, well, the story was sort of happening already, and it it, it, it the the event with the Wests. Um, I was. I needed a monster, and I needed. I needed something to build this around. I had a character. I have a character in Jude or Toto, as she's known to her friends, who is just fearless, and um, she's testing her freedom. And I, I needed her to come up against the ultimate, really. So, so th the fact that I had this experience with um, Fred and Rose West, to me, was not the main part of the story, but it was. It was a a hub that I could build up to and around that would help me develop um, this, this um, what I was trying to do, which was really to talk about how vulnerable young women are and um, the choices uh, they have to make in the face of knowing that they are really prey animals. They mm. were then and they are now. And um, yeah, so that was, that was what that was in there for. Yeah, is in there for. Yeah. I guess the thing was, was that um, it's set in 1973, and I guess I'm assuming that the experience that you had was around that same time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, so we're, you know, in the book we see, we hear of, um, you know, Toto, you know, hearing on the news or friends saying to her, you know, some such and such has gone missing or, you know, so, somebody's on the news is... Um, being found and you know it's not safe going hitching is that something that was happening at the time yeah uh, when you were I, I assume that since it was your your story as well that you you hitched yeah. as well yeah yeah it was based on my, my original idea for the story was I was just thinking I could uh, I, I had all these hitching stories and that was just the that was the genesis of it there were these hitching stories and I was like you know hitching's almost disappeared and mm. At that time, it was kind of like a way of life and a way of freedom. And I thought, oh, I'll put some of these down, you know, and it, it sort of developed into, into uh, a novel. So it's kind of fictionalised, but they're based on things that happened. And I really wanted to portray what it was like to be young, a young woman at that time, because I think, you know, a lot of a lot of what we know about the 70s or we think we know about the 70s is just fantasy. It's, you know, it's sort of, it's romanticised. It's a kind of nostalgia from people who weren't actually there. And I thought, <laughs> I want to, 
I actually want to write about what an amazing time that was and what what a constrained time it was and what it was like to try and break out of those constraints and what you were dealing with. So, oh, yeah. 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 Oh, sorry. I was just going to say that, um, you know, in some ways, I guess, you know, in the book, you see that, you know, um, the the couples are kind of, you know, the men are sometimes very kind of traditional in the role mm. of, you know, within the couple. But you see this this freedom that the women in, the, in those couples are kind of when Jude herself, obviously, are, are wanting to basically go on up go off and explore and really break out of that and and the alternative school which you mentioned as well yeah. uh, which was a kind of a, a collective maybe an anarchist collective yeah, it was. Where, yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 so it was really wonderful so that was the kind of thing that you were wanting to kind of explore as well I wanted to uh, you know there's so many things in in the book that I wanted to do but certainly one of the things I wanted to do was to let people who <laughs> You know, young activists now know that there's a history and that we're not, you know, we might be older, but we're not that different. And um, the things that we wanted to achieve, uh, we had to uh, we had to fight the same way that they do. And, you know, there's quite a lot in the book that people haven't picked up on, but I think it's important around gender fluidity and sexuality and um, uh, gender identity. Which, which was a really big part of the exploration of young people in that, in that period. And they, uh, what I wanted to do was not make a big deal out of it, but just show, just to show it happening. This is, this is what we were doing. And this is the society we're in that actively hates us and will actually beat us up for, for this stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think um, that, was, that was one of the... Um, kind of thoughts that I have as a as a queer reader reading it um, is there um, stuff that I'm reading there that I'm I'm reading that differently to how mm. um, somebody who's not and it's and it's a book that's you know getting that's got some mainstream acceptance um, yeah. did you did you aim for the mainstream acceptance? Or no, did you... I just wanted to tell a story, and I was really surprised that the that 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 the, the you know that the, the the queer side of it wasn't noticed, talked about more. Maybe it's because it's more sort of tolerated and expected. But you know, to me, it's a queer coming out story. Yeah. It is exactly, <laughs> yeah. And, and and if Toto was a young person today, she'd be called a pansexual. I, mm. I reckon. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, there are characters in there that would definitely be trans. And um, I, I kind of wanted to talk about the fact that this has been here and around since forever. You know, even you go back to the 30s and you look at Berlin um, and, and these have been, uh, there have been certain times in history where it's been more on the surface and been more, more explored. And, and, and the early 70s was one of those, one of those periods, I think. So, you know, I think it's a love story as well, you know. Oh, it definitely is. Coming so, of age love story. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's uh, a really nice build-up as well. I think you, you that was one of the things that Sue and I were talking about um, just before you you came on mm. the, um, the show was about um, how the story just kind of builds up from, because it's told partly from Toto and from Nell's perspectives, mm. And you, you see Toto talking about how attracted she is to kind of, you know, 
danger in a way you know she mm. says that she's waiting for life to happen but in fact she keeps on exploring these dangerous situations and yeah. Nell's kind of you know the next chapter Nell's thinking oh my goodness what is Toto getting herself into yeah. you know and it's really lovely to kind of see that that build up throughout the book of that relationship between between oh, Nell great. and and Toto yeah yeah thank you for that that's you know that's kind of the heartbeat of the book is is the love between these two women and in in a in a time when that was not allowed and you know self-censorship that was going on and you know Toto's quite happy to go well I'll sleep with anybody if I fancy them you know but but Nell's kind of it's this is harder for her to come to terms with you know um so she chooses a, a boy who looks like a girl um but actually beats her up you know mm. you know so, so and, and the movement towards uh, acknowledging and accepting um the love that they have is is it was like a it was an interesting part of this it was a really important part of the story to read and it was interesting for me while I was um, in the process of editing with other people like my agent and the editor. My agent is a really lovely man, um, but he, he didn't get it at all at first. Mm. <laughs> it was like, it was too subtle for him. It was like, what? What? <laughs> they fancy each other. What? And, and, and so he made me put more obvious stuff in. And then my editor, who's female, just went, oh, mate, this is over the top. Just <laughs> dialed it back. <laughs> dial it back and so we got it back to the sort of place that I was comfortable with which was about this journey of of self-knowledge and acceptance and um and and uh well more than acceptance um understanding where who you are and who will care for you you know who well, yeah. to trust and who not to trust yeah. yeah, and I think um, and Nell as well, um, who I guess is a secondary character to a certain extent, mm. um, you see her coming from that uh, the Scottish Presbyterian side, right? Mm, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I guess her her parents kind of say to her, "No, you can't go off and be an artist. You have to be, you know, a professional. You know, yeah. you have to, you know, you need to be a teacher because, you know, that's better than what we've we've been able to achieve." So. And you see her struggling against all of these tra traditional kind of um, impositions from from what everybody's saying to her. But in her heart, she she's she wants to be a free spirit and do something completely different. Yeah, she completely does, and she has the hard in a way she has the harder journey than Tota mm. because she has to she has to actively break away from everything is, that has seemed to be safe, mm. and you know. For me, obviously, I love Nell. Nell. Nell is kind of a heartbreakingly beautiful character, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, probably because she's based on the woman I love, but that would that would make sense. And mm. um, uh, and and people talk a lot about Toto's journey, but I'm really it's really lovely to talk about Nell's journey because I think in a lot of ways it was the hardest. Nell has the hardest turn to take, I yeah. think, in this in the yeah. story. Yeah. I think um, one of the things that sort of strikes me or struck me is the is that you've got also got that journey sitting in a time that I don't think I'd necessarily realised this the time of great transition that mm. that 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 was um, because you know I'm kind of old enough that I remember the 70s and, mm. and young enough that I found it a bit embarrassing. Um, 
<laughs> so, but um, that that's there's a sense of um, not only the sort of transition in terms of the um, characters themselves, but that transition ha happening in the society as well. Mm. So there's that sense of period in there. Yeah. That sort of struck, you know, it's kind of like this is all done on on ice almost, that it's that that it's also slippery around yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. And it was exactly that was why that interest that period was interesting to me, because it's it was a period of transition for myself because of the age I was, and for um uh, for queer for queer people, uh, it was a very dangerous and strange time. It was also transitional in terms of landscapes. The north of England was being knocked down and reconstructed everything was in transition everything was uh, with this notion of the future was coming and it was going to be all motorways and um and you know doctor who or something i don't know but it was it, it was it was it was very tenuous because you would still run the risk of being beaten up every day you ran the risk of being beaten up because you're gay you know you you mm. you when you went to a um a queer pub you were very careful when you came out because there could pe be people out there who just wanted to beat you up for being for being a lesbian or for for, for being uh, a queer male um and yet in other and uh, you also had kind of more sense of more freedom because there'd been there were nightclubs that were where and straight people wanted to come you know straight people wanted to be, <laughs> wanted to be gay in those days it's like We'd be like, yeah, really? I don't know. Anyway, but, you know, it was, it was, you're absolutely right. It was a transitional period. And I think, I think it's, it's hard um, for people to realize how different things were, you know, in, in the early seventies than they had been even five, 10 years before. And not just for queer people, for women. You know, I still remember pubs that you weren't, you couldn't go into as a woman. Uh, I still remember having to um, get a man to sign a high purchase deal for me to get a t television. I still remember having to get a man, get my father to stand for me when I wanted to, to get a flat or a bank account. I, I remember what it was like <laughs> to be um, um, uh, kind of like a vassal or a permanent child, you know, and that changed during that period. So I think that's a very astute question and, 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 and spot on because that is that that's why I chose that time to write about. Yeah. And I think um, for me reading through the book, I think partly it's because it's in, it's written in the present tense, which more mm. and more I'm enjoying reading books in the pre that are written in the present tense. Mm. Um, but it's also because of the way that you you're really, really good at describing, you know, creating pictures out of words. Mm. And so I could imagine myself. Um, in in is it Chapel Town? No, I've got yeah, it wrong. Yeah, in Chapel Town, yeah. yeah. Of um, and and how run down it was, mm. and um, and really the lives that they lived, um, and you know the squat kind of where the alternative school was, for example. Mm. But also, I guess, um, and some people who'd been born on estates, kind of knowing how to manage, kind of you know. Uh, mm. how to navigate these quite dangerous places but but just going back to what you were saying before do you think it's partly um they uh that uh, Nell um and uh Toto um 
uh, ended up in the place that they were because they couldn't rent another flat or could they not afford it or mm. you know what I mean they yeah. a lot it of was. people ended up in those places because yeah, that was, was what was available yeah, yeah exactly and, and students or people you know like who yeah students and people who would just um, come out of art school um, you 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 ended up in those places because just like today you couldn't afford anywhere good you know, and it was like, if we want somewhere decent, we're going to have to go to somewhere like Chapeltown or Beeston. And um, at that time, Chapeltown had, and, and later it got an even worse reputation, but it had a reputation of, of, of being dangerous. So you knew what you were in for, but, you know, all the way through art school, we'd lived in places like that. That's all we could, that's all we could afford. That's, yes. you know, it doesn't change. It doesn't change. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. And the um, and I guess I was curious as well. Um, I put down a question about, um, you know, uh, you've mentioned before about how you loved uh, going on hitch, you know, hitching mm -hmm. around the country and that kind of thing. And um, obviously, as a uh, you know, um, I know that you've been a, a lecturer here at Massey mm. at Wellington mm. um, uh, in art. And I guess I'm just wondering um, how closely, uh, you know, um, Toto's paintings were very detailed and uh, and you write really uh, clearly and describe those really well. But um, how much does that represent your own life, I guess, and, and your yeah. own uh, how you are here? Well, um, it, 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 it is. I've, I've, I've said to other interviewers that like there's a hell of a lot of me in Toto and um, but but dialed up, you know, it's it's. Uh, can you hear that dog barking? I'm sorry. There's <laughs> nothing I can, much I can do about it. No. <laughs> I'll just carry on. Yeah. Um, there, it, it's me dialed up. Uh, obviously, parts of it are complete fiction. It's mm. not a memoir. Anybody, I think anybody who um, knows me, if I was to say this was my memoir, they go, oh, come on, mate, you're not that bloody interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you know? so, so, yeah, I mean, the paintings were based very much on the paintings that I did in, in that period. Um, and Nell's artworks were based on, um, they, they, they were based on, real, on, on the ways, the different ways that I and my friends painted. So I had, you know, and Joe, paints in a particular way you know so um i had in mind ways that people had uh, i had seen people working as artists i mashed people together you know most of the characters are are not just one person they're people mashed together and mixed up and then bits made up about them but how does it reflect my life yeah my life was like that but i just wasn't quite as um wonderfully interesting and i was reckless but just a smidge less reckless than oh than well I could tell and from the book actually that you had your rules for, yeah, for hitching yeah. and I assume that you did as well as a person but um yeah, yeah Toto has these rules of um of whether she'll get in a car or not and uh yeah it's kind of that actually was very common and we used yeah. to share that uh amongst um amongst ourselves around what were the best rules to have and um since uh, I got the Portico Prize I've been direct messaged by a number of women who said those were my rules and they tell me the other rules that they had as well and I've also been DM'd by people who said I had exactly the same experience with Fred and Rose West almost yeah. almost exactly the same and I've had that from two three women and you just think my god they were how many times did they do this they were active 
for yeah. so long yeah. that yeah. that there must have been pe- people who were at that margin of, of um, you know, no, this is not right. Yeah. Must have been so many of them. And I also think they were careful about who they chose. So, yeah. you know, if you're picking up girls hitchhiking, you you know they're not near their home. You know probably people don't know where they are. And they you know that probably people aren't waiting for them to come back. So, you know, they they were very cynical, I think. Uh, and, and I think probably much more prolific than people uh, than has been revealed to this day. You know, it was 20 years later before I realized what had happened and who they were. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Gosh. Hey, I think it's time to play some music now. So we're going to play um, a couple of tracks today that Sally's requested. Um, So the first one of those is Hey Jude. Hey Jude, don't make it bad. Take a sad song and make it better. start to make it better Hey Jude Don't be afraid You were made to go out and get her The minute you let her under your skin Then you begin to make it better A fool who plays 
That was Hey Jude from the Beatles. Um, and it's a special request from Sally, um, Sally Morgan, who has joined us today on the show to talk about the prize-winning book, uh, Toto Among the Murderers. And uh, you're listening to Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM. Um, so back to the interview. Um, Sally, uh, you mentioned just before uh, the break about um, the Portico Prize. So um, I know um, it's it's a just tell us a wee bit about the prize and um, and uh, that, that you've won. It's related mm. to books um, set in the north of England, right? Yeah, I mean it's um I don't know how to talk about it without feeling like I'm skiting, you know, which I've lived in New Zealand long enough to know that's not a good look. Oh, no, uh, please, skite away. <laughs> well, I, I'm just blown away to have got this award because it's it's a really big deal in, in UK. People were re- messaging me to say they'd heard me on the Today programme on Radio 4, which is like, um, it's, it's you know, it was in the news and on the BBC and in The Guardian. But um, it's known, sometimes called the Booker of the North. Mm. And it's it was set up in, uh, I think, around in the 80s because there was a feeling that um, publishing in the UK had become very London-centric. And it, it still is, you know. There, there is still that worry that if you write about anything that's not set in London, nobody's going to publish it and nobody's going to be interested in it. So it was set up to to promote writing about the north of England and to recognize uh, good writing about the north of England and you know Hilary Mantel has won it and um, Val McDiarmid and a whole range of authors that um, I really admire Um, and I was just stoked to get on the short list to be honest actually I was stoked to get on the long list and um, to find that I'd, I'd won it was just um, mind blowing because, and, and it was particularly kind of great because I really wanted to write about the North. I want to write about places that are not London. I, I wanted to write about stories that I felt weren't getting told and to get recognized for writing about place, which I love doing. I really love writing about place. Um, was was just everything I could have asked for. I couldn't have asked for, and I still don't believe it. It still seems ridiculous to me, but uh, especially as I live in New Zealand, <laughs> quite happily so for 20 years, yeah. But, yeah. Um, you know, having, having won the prize for it, it's obviously rung true for the locals that this, mm. that this reads as a story of the North, um, what what elements of it do you think particularly hit that? Because they seem like there's a number in there, but but it's obviously just hit the right spot. Well, things that people have responded to me about is that I uh, they they've said I really capture the feel of Leeds and Sheffield in that time, mm. and they recognised it. People say like I felt like I was walking around with you, and I remember when it was like that. So there's that the description of place. I I think other people have said they really recognised the characters as being um, um, complex northern characters, not cartoon, like Coronation Street northern characters. And so they felt that, that, you know, they recognised themselves and they recognised their community in it. And I think in New Zealand, you know, we, we, we understand that. We understand that here when we, um, when we come across writing that represents, you know, what New Zealand is 
and um, the real culture of New Zealand. I think places want to be recognized and people want to recognize themselves in, in, in the literature that they read. Um, so I don't know. I, I mean, the, in the end, I've said to other interviewers, like, you have to ask the judges. I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> you know. On another year, it might not have been me, but this particular set of judges sort of saw that in it. Yeah. I think um, I had a friend from northern north of England who who was quite culture shocked coming to New Zealand, um, just because you know we look the same and we speak kind of the sameish language, but the culture is so different. Right. Um, is, I is, I yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm just wondering because because this is at a distance from really what, what was quite a, probably quite a f formative period and um, and quite a distinctive period um, that, that you've written it at some distance from mm. that. Do you, do you think that that changes or that that gives you an opportunity for a perspective on it or, or does it make it that bit harder um, because it's that bit further away? Well, it's interesting. I think uh, I've had this question before and I've thought about it quite deeply. It's like um, it, when you're writing about the past, it doesn't matter where you are because the yeah. past is gone and the past is, as somebody once famously said, it is a foreign country. So you, you, it, I, I've got a very strong um, sense, sensory imagination and, and memory. So I remember things like a film, uh, but and I also remember the smells and I remember the tactility. So I'm just lucky with that that's so I can go into my head and I can be there and I can remember and I can construct things I, ha I obviously had to there were things I had to check up on and um I've got a history degree so I'm a bit kind I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a kind of yeah I'm a bit of a nerd as well so there was there's a scene where I, I think it's I think it's Toto uses a telephone box and I was obsessed with trying to find out which coin she would use in a telephone box in the north of England in at that time. <laughs> <laughs> and would it be a five pence piece or would it be a ten pence piece? And I researched until I was absolutely sure that I got well, that. Well, yeah, because right. there's a scene about how how she puts a coin in the in the phone box, and she has a certain amount of time right. to hopefully talk to her mother, and she only gets to talk to her her. Her, her brother sister. and her, her and her sister because yeah. her mother can't be bothered coming to the phone. Right. But then the but then basically the call drops and and I'm yeah. I'm old enough to remember that thing of you putting <laughs> yeah. so many coins in and then yeah. basically you had just enough time to say hi, I'm on my way home. And you know and that's that was it. it. It's gone. And sometimes I don't know if you use this trick, there was a brief moment when they could hear you before you put the coin in. A very brief <laughs> moment. And so you'd have a code which was like You'd go, it's me. And that would mean <laughs> pick me up. <laughs> and you wouldn't have to put the coin in. But yeah, yeah, I, I, I digress. But uh, yeah, I, I think um, um, writing it from New Zealand was not, not a problem. It's interesting what you said about um, culture shock because I didn't feel quite that culture shock coming to New Zealand. I, I felt at home almost immediately. And I don't know whether that's the Welsh side of me actually, because I found New Zealanders a lot like Welsh people, like there's the rugby, obviously, and, and also the, the kind of um, the kind of willingness to say what you think um, without being too offensive. <laughs> and 
the um the the lack of subtext you know i've always found um this is no how should i say this when i was living in england i found northerners e easier than southerners and i've got nothing against southerners but southern southern england is much more interested in subtext so they'll tell you one thing but they mean another and uh new zealand doesn't do that neither does the north and, and neither does wales so um Mm. I, I find it very comfortable to be here um, in some ways and constantly interesting in other ways, you know, the things I do, knowing the things I don't know and even after 20 years, the things I still need to learn is, is beautifully humbling, actually. So do you think that, and I know that, um, uh, spoiler alert, you are working on a new novel, I know. Yeah. So is that also set in the north of England? Well, it is at the moment. God knows what happens with books. They, they, they make their own mind up sometimes halfway through to be something else. But at the moment, it's continuing in the same direction. So it's set in Salford and Greater Manchester on a very, very rough housing estate. And the main character, Flit, is a photographer who works in a community arts um, project. Uh, and she spent part of her childhood in New Zealand. So she is an outsider and she isn't an out, she's, she has never been an insider. She, she doesn't know what that is like. And she becomes friends with a young lad who um, uh, is on the edge of criminality, but is a really great kid. And it's, I won't say too more than that, but it's about the friendship and um, the things that happened in this very, very dangerous, on this very dangerous estate in Salford. Mm. So it's, and yeah, go ahead. No, no, you go. You go. Well, I was going to say it's probably going to have the same kind of vibe as uh, as Total among the, among the, the murderers because I think I realise that's how I like to write, and so that's what, that's what I'll keep doing. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting that sense of place because I know. Um, uh, like, for example, with your book, but also with, um, there's another author that I, I mentioned a few times on our show, which is Carrie Hunter, who who lives, um, who writes crime novels, uh, who who's a paramedic uh, in real life. She's a paramedic in Manchester, but she right. lives on Snake Pass. Oh, so, yeah. um, so I have Googled where Snake Pass is, oh. and I have this vision, and it turns out actually that she's bought a house up there now. Um, in real life but most of her books are basically set around the peaks basically yeah. and and I and I've got another set of books that I've read as well um the Ruth Galloway books by uh, Ali Griffiths so I know all about the North Norfolk um fantastic <laughs> so so I think that's the thing is that we as readers we go on a journey with you not only back to the past and and rediscover or you know sort yeah. of learn about you know how how in some ways similar to how things are now but were different as well yeah. back then but also you know the the geographical journey as well so yeah yeah well I I, I love writing about that I loved uh, part of the reason I wanted to I, I chose the hitchhiking was it would take me through these landscapes that I could write about and I you know Snake Pass is between Sheffield and Manchester right yeah and when I was when I was a student the student the pubs in Sheffield closed half an hour I think it was half an hour maybe an hour hour earlier uh, and so we were drunk as skunks we'd get on the back of motorbikes and whatever and go over snake pass which which is like the rim attackers with narrower roads windy roads and just just so as we could get another pint 
in Manchester. <laughs> so actually, the snake pass, I, I had planned to put the snake pass in the next novel. So so look out for that. I will. Yeah. Just going back to the to the character, to um to Toto being an artist and having that um the the there's a degree of observation that you're reading from her. Um and that degree of observation um may well have been kind of what kept her alive um does that sort of come into um having a character that's naturally um observing um rather than a character who's um just kind of going along in a bit of a daze um does that make it an easier um character to write that you, you've got this observation happening? Yeah, I think it does two things. It makes her easier to write and it makes other characters easier to write because because we're seeing it, you know, it's in first first person, present tense. So we're either seeing things through her eyes or through Nell's eyes, and they're both artists and they're both observant. Mm. So we only know about the other characters what Toto sees and feels and knows, or, 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 or Nell. And sometimes we get the sort of, cross view which gives sort of a, a nuance around um uh the characters so um i don't i don't think i could write actually a first person character who wasn't observant um uh, I, I think it was just a she has to be otherwise we're never gonna we're never gonna know about these people who are around her all we know about them is what she observes but leading on from that though as well there's also a sense of of almost second sight that mm. that Toto has of this of knowing when something bad is going to happen yeah. like even you know that morning of getting up and she knew she knew something bad was she could just feel it you know yeah. like a second sight kind of thing almost or do you think it is just kind of that she she really was she knew herself so well or do you where were you kind of going with that do you think that she actually did have real second sight and I kind of think I kind of think she did. Um, and also, uh, you know, over the edits of it, she 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 was um, she got in the in the earlier drafts, she was really probably a bit more visionary. But, um, you know, uh, that, that needed to be cut back a bit. Um, but but I saw her as somebody who has this. Um, well, actually, you know, I think. I'm neurodivergent and I think so is Toto. And I think neurodivergence is kind of being a bit on the spectrum means that uh, you do feel things in a different way. And, and I, and I wanted to have, I wanted to have that in this character. I wanted to have a character who kind of felt things and did things a little bit differently and trusted her instincts and, um, and did have these kind of, senses and I think that was also very much of the time you know she does the tarot cards and you know the people around her are the kind of people who do seances and they're all a bit mystical and um you know also doing a lot of drugs she does do a lot of drugs so that can give you the sense that uh, you're a bit uh, a bit mystical but um it's it's, it's a hard one I, I can't pin that one down but I I'm it's it was deliberate and it was um i think something that you know the day that i met the wests the day that i actually set out on that 
journey in real life, I woke up that morning and I had the, I had that feeling. I had the feeling that I was deliberately going to put my way, put myself in the way of something really dangerous, and I was going to see if I could survive it. And it was an odd feeling, and it was almost like I went off on autopilot. So I was trying to, in some ways, I was trying to um, replicate some of that in in, in total. But I think it works really well because you really get this build up as well mm. of that day and what's going to happen. Mm. Um, you don't know how it's going to happen. Mm. I mean, if anybody's you know seen any any reviews of the book, it does mention this encounter. Mm. And I guess that's the thing is that um, the experience that she has in, uh, in meeting them, she actually physically backs up once she mm. realizes. Mm. And, you know, just the overwhelming realization of, of what could happen. And she knows just by looking at, at those two people. Yeah. 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 And, and that is actually how I felt. And the people who have direct messaged me have said they had exactly this. As soon as you saw Fred West's face, you knew that you were, you, you were in the water with a, with a great white shark, you know, <laughs> and everybody has said that. And really interesting, he tried so hard not to look at me. Mm. He knew the effect that he would have if he looked. Mm. But anyway, I'll let people read that, I think. No, yes, yes, <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. I'd enjoyed that there was those snippets in where they are hitchhiking. She's in groups of people who are hitchhiking. Um, there's there's that undercurrent of, of that this was risky mm. and that there's that that sense that they're still doing it. It's still there's a recognition that this is becoming a risky thing to do but I don't I don't know that I'd necessarily um that the people who survived this experience in some cases were the people who did the, have that observation um well like, I do yeah I mean I do wonder I do I do wonder because the people who dm'd me and said I there was something weird I didn't want to get in hmm. were all having the same reaction as I have and I have often thought what would it be that would allow you to think it was okay to get in? And uh, how would that happen to some people and not other people? And but I, I guess it's desperation want... too, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Mm. And, I, and I don't want to think, I definitely don't, don't want to get into, oh, well, I was no. clever and I didn't get in. Oh, no. Because no, I think under, uh, yeah, no, under another, so I, I so almost did, you know, I so almost did. And if he had been able to control himself and not look at me, I probably would have. Yeah, it Mm. was that they had perfected this, I think, and they were perfecting it as they went along. Gosh, yeah. And she was not innocent. She was not innocent. She wanted me so bad. And the way that you write that as well is is really kind of evocative. And uh, and even the fact that you know that classic thing of where are you going didn't come Mm. up, you know, Mm. um, in the story. No, Um, but yeah, just uh, just going back to that idea of just that knowledge that kind of almost kind of that intuition that things will be okay you know in the book the um the the two young guys that she she mm. meets up with mm. and travels with as well um mm. uh just and that was fine you know uh, some people might have thought that that was bad but um you know the you know where they come from but in fact um yeah she yeah. kind of she knew it was okay it's like with what I wanted with Toto was a kind of um, um, positive innocence, you know. Yeah. It's like Toto doesn't judge anybody on on 
what they um, what they look like or where they're from mm. or the color of their skin or their gender. She judges them on what they do and what her instincts are about about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when and she, she pays attention to that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So she very quickly figured these two boys were not a danger to her. Mm-hmm. You know, she could r- relate to them like she related, even though they're kind of, they're, 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 they are pretty <laughs> deprived kids and they, you know, they are thieves. But she kind of, she knows that they mean her no harm, that mm-hmm. they've got something to do and they won't do her any harm. And, and I wanted to play with that as well, because, again, it's about stereotypes. It's like these two, these two lads have had a really tough life and, they've, been, and, and they, they've grown up being criminals, but they're good hearted. Mm. You know, they're good kids. Mm. And that was my experience of working with kids like that um, in the north of England was they were good kids. You couldn't trust them not to steal anything. They would steal it, but they wouldn't hurt you. Yeah. And actually, they would help you if you're in trouble. So I, and I also yeah. wanted to have some. Yeah. Mm. Well, Toto is a, fabul- a a fantastic character, and you can just, you know, really see, like we said before, the the world through her eyes as well. So, yeah. Um. So, um. I don't know if we mentioned this before, but the new book. So, is that also set in the past as well? Yes, it's in the eighties. Oh, it's right. Eighties. Yeah. So, it's uh-huh. going to be the early eighties, just as Thatcher's Britain is about is starting. Um, mm. I'm going to have a lot of fun with that. I think so. so. Yeah, I was actually working in, you know, obviously it's based on things that I've done. And obviously there's going to be nightclubs and going to see Joy Division. And, um, oh, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so there'll be so, some fun in it as well. Yeah. So when can we hope to to have oh, that out on the oh bookshelves? Mate, I'm such a slow writer. I'm such a slow writer. My my agent is saying, can, do you think you can get a draft in six months? And I'm going, well. <laughs> well it sounds like the the audience for your books is just growing and growing all the time oh, so well, that would be great <laughs> yeah. no I'm sure and it's and it's being reprinted at the moment right I must admit that um having read it from the library last year I scooted around town um, and discovered that Schrodinger's books and Petonian sold out their four copies since the prize had been announced. <laughs> so in 24 hours, they had I had to dash around and I got mine for good books instead. But oh, good on um, you! But it's, the I mean, uh, but goodness me, the um, but I, I saw um, through Twitter um, that uh, there's a reprint coming. Is that right? That's right. Well, it's completely sold out. It's in the UK, it's completely sold out, which is slightly <laughs> annoying because this is probably the moment when people are going to buy it. But um, lots of people have got it on Kindle. Uh, so it went into the top 100 in Kindle, which was really cool over the weekend. Mm-hmm. So, yes, there's a reprint. Um, um, I'm told next week the reprint will be completed. It was supposed to be done earlier, but Brexit and COVID messed all that up. And I've also had the news that there's going to be a, um, uh, a more mass market paper book version um, mm. coming out in June. What, what do they call it? A B, a B format paperback. Mm. Um, uh, and then, uh, which will have a new cover, and uh, I'm really stupidly excited about that. So, so that, that will <laughs> there'll be lots of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stupidly yeah. excited. <laughs> oh well. Um, thanks so much for talking to us today, and uh, yeah, we look forward to to reading the new book. Um, I know you're on Twitter as well. Yep. 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 
and I'm, I'm uh, reasonably accessible as long as people aren't mean to me if they're mean oh. to me I block them immediately but nobody has been yet so I'm just <laughs> <laughs> that's good yeah what other songs did we have to play for uh, Sally uh, we had Kansas by Melanie uh, that we may have um, uh, uh, that we could play now and um, uh, earlier we jumped into the recording I think to play um, Yellow Brick Road by Captain Beefheart much for talking to us and we we look forward to 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 reading more absolute pleasure absolute pleasure thank you yes that program was brought to you by wellington access radio get your voice heard thanks new zealand on air for funding accessmedia.nz